And as world markets wait for a winner to come out of the election, Taiwan's military is also on a knife edge. According to local reports, Taiwan's top military general Huang Shuguang and his two deputies are now stationed at the ROC Armed Forces Joint Operations Command Center in Taipei. They're over there to monitor military developments along the strait. We now turn to the Minister of National Defense. With regard to the Chinese threat and this new situation that's unfolding, the president has instructed us to heighten our state of vigilance in all aspects. The general staff headquarters will maintain a tight grasp on the situation in the strait and the security of the region. Over in the U.S., voting results are still pending in a handful of key battleground states. Taiwan's highest level of state officials are keeping one eye on the U.S. and the other closely fixed on China. Taiwan has announced stricter border controls at airports as COVID cases continue to stream in from outside the country. These new measures will affect all travelers arriving in Taiwan regardless of nationality. Starting November 9th, travelers who arrive with COVID-like symptoms or who have experienced these symptoms in the last 14 days will have to stay in a group quarantine facility while they wait for COVID test results. They will have to test negative twice before they can leave as opposed to just once. Also, the second test must be administered at least 24 hours after the first. After the traveler tests negative twice and gets the approval of a doctor, he or she may return home or leave for a hotel to complete the remaining quarantine period. National Jiaotong University has developed the world's first quantitative COVID-19 rapid screening detection system which can test for COVID in just five minutes. Unlike the traditional methods of qualitative screening, which can only detect whether someone has been infected, this system can also detect the level of coronavirus antibodies, antigens, and nucleic acids in the human body. It is therefore able to analyze the stage and level of COVID-19 infection of the patient. Let's see it in action. Jiaotong University has developed the world's first quantitative rapid screening detection system. Not only can it detect whether someone has COVID-19, it can also determine the level of infection of the patient. Drop a 0.02 millimeters blood sample into this machine, which is equipped with a biological sensor chip and a chemical sensor device. In just five minutes, it can identify the level of coronavirus antibodies, antigens, and nucleic acids in the body. It's the world's first quantitative rapid screening system for COVID-19. Uh, in our test, uh, we just using the uh, antibody and antigen and nucleus to specific target uh, the virus. So we can quantitatively the virus, uh, the concentration of the virus and the concentration of the antibody. And using this technology, we can uh, distinguish uh, which, which step of the patients. This quantitative detection system was developed by National Jiaotong University in collaboration with biomedical companies. Unlike qualitative screening, which can only obtain whether someone has been infected, the screening system delivers data on the level of antibodies, antigens, and nucleic acids of the novel coronavirus in the human body. Based on the concentration of biomolecules, it can judge the level and stage of the infection and formulate follow-up isolation and treatment methods to provide the best medical care for the patient. Traditional, traditional pass right now is rapid test uh, because uh, if right now rapid test uh, yes and no. 
they don't they don't know how how uh, how many virus or uh, how many concentration of uh, antibodies. So that is the difference because we if we have uh, know the virus particle or the antibody concentration, so we can distinguish the different stage uh, of the patients. The accuracy right now, uh, we just using the, the clinical samples, uh, 30, uh, 30 positive samples and 70, 90 uh, negative samples. Uh, we can all distinguish all of them. So after you say so using the clinical sample right now, we say so 100%. Zhaotong University says it is currently applying for certification from Taiwan's Food and Drug Administration. The screening system has already obtained emergency approval from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration for clinical testing and is expected to be mass-produced and launched in 2021. For most of news, Stephanie Yang, Huang Yutun in Taipei. We now go to the East Coast, where timber collected through sustainable forest management is creating architecture that's uniquely Taiwan. The Forestry Bureau protects natural forests from logging, but their maintenance involves felling small numbers of trees. That means there's a steady stream of local timber, perfect for pavilions, outdoor artwork, and baseball bullpens. Let's take a look. The baseball player stretches his feet before flicking a fastball at his rival. These little sportsmen are absorbed in the game, but the brand new bullpen therein is rather special, made entirely of Taiwanese wood. As we were designing it, we chose to use the Taiwan cypress and the Japanese cedar, which are both very structurally strong woods, and Taiwanese woods that are frequently used for structural purposes. In 1990, the Forestry Bureau decided to block the logging of natural forests, encouraging the planting of new forests for timber. But the Bureau carries out managed clearing of natural forests to give roots more space, bring light into the undergrowth, encourage photosynthesis, reduce greenhouse gases, and promote sustainable growth. The trees that are felled aren't discarded. They find new life with help from the Association of Humanitarian Architecture. That could be the treehouse platforms at Xincheng Elementary, the bullpen at Beinan Elementary, the pavilion at Balan Archaeological Site, or the striking modern art outside of Chulu Junior High. They've all come from Taiwan's natural forests. Step by step, we want to become citizens of the earth. In that role, we take up some of our own Taiwan-produced wood and we use reusable resources. That also reduces the amount of wood shipped to us internationally and the carbon emissions that creates and the carbon footprint. I think that is the new modern stance of environmental protection. There's no need for wood like this to be wasted. It's both a sustainable resource and a way for people to come in closer contact with the natural materials of their home. New data has shown that hotels are still struggling to survive amid COVID's economic impact. Recently in Taipei, seven more upscale hotels have decided to become quarantine facilities. That's right. And now Taipei has 85 hotels that cater to travelers doing quarantine. Other hotels are hoping for a burst of profit next January on the eve of Lunar New Year, when Taiwan companies start hosting big banquets at hotels. But now there are signs that this big burst will be more like a trickle. Two major companies have already announced that their big annual party is cancelled due to COVID-19. Strong winds off the coast of Orchid Island have stopped all vessels from leaving or arriving at the popular tourist destination. 
as well as stranding dozens of passengers. The inclement weather has paused shipments of oil to the island. Thai Power says it's keeping a close eye on the situation and expects the winds to die down before the island runs out of any essential supplies. Nonetheless, they're asking people on the island to be sparing in the use of electricity. Waves beat the shore where dozens of tourists wait near the harbor. The northeast monsoon has coincided with the weather system of a passing typhoon, causing strong winds out to sea. All ships have been forced to pause their traffic to and from Orchid Island. And with no way to replenish stocks of oil, the island could face an electricity shortage. We calculate that we still have 197 kiloliters left, which will last us perhaps neatly two weeks. Lanyu power plant is currently below its safe minimum oil reserve level of 500 kiloliters. It will only last 10 more days, using 15,000 liters a day. There are six generators on the island and two 750 kiloliter tanks for storing oil. Both are now almost empty. Other essential goods, medical supplies, the fire service and schools are all affected too. At the moment, they're ready to ship at least 80 containers, but they'll increase that. Thai Power's Eastern Taiwan branch says they're keeping daily tabs on the oil supply and will ship oil over to the island as soon as weather conditions permit. They believe supplies can last until the winds die down next week. And turning to the weather, Tropical Storm Atani is currently in the sea southwest of Taiwan. The Central Weather Bureau says it could move west starting this evening and head toward China through the Bashi Channel. It will likely be at its closest to Taiwan on Friday afternoon, and a sea warning is possible on Thursday. Right now, the wind currents guiding it are not pronounced, so it is rotating in place. But we expect that after this evening, if the Pacific High picks up strength, Tropical Storm Atsani will track west. We predict that early morning tomorrow or in the first half of the day, we might have to issue a sea warning. The forecaster says the storm will start moving away from the island by Saturday, but it will start, it will still be a damp and chilly weekend due to the influence of northeasterly winds. It expects sporadic showers in windward areas of the north. The leeward sides will likely see sunnier skies, but there will still be big temperature swings between day and night. Fanlu Township in Jiayi is famous for its golden persimmons. This fall, locals have devised a new way to enjoy the sweet fruit. It's ice cream made with the best Alishan oolong tea. This chic little bowlful of flavor tastes every bit as delightful as it looks. VIPs tuck into ice creams on stage, but DPP lawmaker Chen Mingwen's ice is rather unusual. This is a green oolong hard persimmon ice from Fanlu Farmers Association. The center is scooped out of a whole persimmon fruit. Then it's filled with delicious oolong flavor ice cream. The sweet persimmon is offset perfectly by sophisticated notes of tea. The persimmon ice cream is made with tea leaves produced 100% in Alishan. We went for low sugar and low fat. Fanlu is famous nationwide for persimmons, being Taiwan's seventh biggest producer. The weather was just right for the golden fruit this year, yielding an abundant sweet harvest. Tea is another big product of the township, which led to this delightful pairing. It's the season for persimmons right now, so if you want one, get a move on. Whether it's the pure fruit that your taste buds long for or the fruity tea time treat, Fanlu has you sorted.